Good morning, hope you're all well. Shall we just pray before we start? Father God, I thank you that you are here this morning. God, I thank you that as we speak on relationships this morning, that you are a God who wants to relate to us. God, and I pray that this morning through what's shared, that people will grow into closer relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, you know, this preach this morning's entitled Equipped for Relationships. And quite a while ago, I did a preach that talked about the ellipses, which is the three dots, that's what you call it in punctuation terms. And what we used to tell the children at school when I worked in primary school was an ellipses meant dun, dun, dun. And I preached on this a while ago. And I really think I got the dun, dun, dun one of these equipped for. Because when we talk about relationships, you either have good relationships in your life and you think, oh, this will do us some good. Or you have difficult relationships in your life and you think, oh, no, not relationships. But either way, and you may find that you sit in both of them, some of your relationships are good, some of them may be a bit sticky, some of them you're like, I want to have relationships, but they're not easy. And this morning, I hope that no matter where you find yourself, with many relationships that you have, with family relationships, with friendships, relationships in many forms, whether you're single or married, whether you're parents or whether you're not, whether you're children and you've got parents, that this will help you this morning to grow healthier, stronger and more effective relationships and equip you so that you are ready for new relationships as well as the ones that you've already got. And I've got a few photos this morning. So could we have the first one up, Jess? Ah, oh. Now that's, hold on, I'm not ready, I won't talk about it, I've got stuff to say. I really like that photograph, it's like, I'm just too busy to have a relationship with you because there is something going on up my nose that needs sorting out. And I don't know about you, but sometimes we meet people and we really want to relate and connect to them, we like them, we think, ooh, I really like you. Or we like them because we think, I just want to spend some time with them, they do me good, but they're just too busy with something else. And it can be really frustrating. Or if you are really busy with something else and people just want your attention all the time, that can be really annoying and frustrating as well. Let's look at the next one, Jess. Now, that's lovely. Apart from he was going for a peck and she is going for a full-on, I'm not quite sure what. And I don't know about you, but you can think, I really want to relate to you. I'm just going to go slow and they're just coming in for it. My daughters are like this. One is one and one is the other. Some of you may realize which is which. But I don't know, sometimes as well, you really want to go in for it. You want that great relationship. You want to go deeper with someone. You want to work harder. And they're just like, I just want to give you a little kiss, a little peck. And it can be quite embarrassing when you go in the full hog and you're realizing they're not where you're at with it. And it can be hard then to sort of think, what do I do now? (laughs) I just committed everything and nothing else was going on. Let's look at the next one, Jess. You just want someone to kiss him. Don't you just want somebody? When you find yourself, I just, I want a relationship. I want a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I want to get married. I don't want to be on my own anymore. I want a good friend. And there's just nobody about. Let's look at the next one, Jess. 
It says it all, doesn't it? Whichever one you are, it says it all. Let's go for the next one, Jess, or is that all of them? Sometimes we just don't want to relate, do we? For whatever reason. Next one, Jess. Ah, oh, but Luke, naughty mummy or daddy is holding them back. Everything was right. They're both doing the same sort of kiss. It's all going well and somebody just gets in the way and pulls you back from that perfect relationship. Is that all of them, Jess? That's all of them. And you know, relationships can be in many ways, and that's why I've shown you those images this morning. And it doesn't always work like that, and that doesn't sum it all up. But whether it's a, a relationship with a boy-girl relationship, or whether it's a friendship, whether it's within your family, all of these things can apply, and they can be difficult and awkward and embarrassing, or sometimes other people can get in the way, but sometimes they can just work and work well as well. And that's when relationships are at the best. But you know, before all of these things, I believe as a Christian, if we put Jesus in and through everything that we do, every way that we relate, if we, our primary relationship is with him, and from that primary relationship, all of our other relationships flow, no matter how you go in for that kiss with somebody, God is there helping and encouraging you, inspiring you, helping you get over the embarrassment sometimes, but working in and through with you. And he's there in the good and in the bad because relationships ultimately, as time goes on, bring good and bring bad, bring difficult times, bring joyous times but they bring so many things. But if we have Jesus in there, there is so much that we can learn, so much that we can take away, and so much that we can turn around for good, no matter what the relationship has worked out like. In Proverbs 17, verse 17, it says this, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. The Bible itself says how important relationships are, that friends are there to love at all times and brothers are there to stand with you in those times of adversity, when you have the difficult times, when things go on. A brother is there and it may be a, a brother in family relationships, your actual brother from your mum and dad, or it may be just a brother, somebody who is close as a brother would be. And they are there for those difficult times, for those hard times, to stand with you so that you know that you're not alone. I love that, and I think that sums up everything that God is about, that a friend is there to love at all times. God is there to love you at all times, and he's there to stand with you in times of adversity. And if we can catch hold of that very first relationship, that first relationship with Jesus, then whatever relationships we have with one another then we will stay safe, we will stand strong, and we will continue to work through and get through the other side of things. So I've got four steps for you this morning that I hope will equip you for good, healthy, and strong relationships, whether the current relationships or new relationships that you're looking to forge. I hope that they'll help with all of them. So the first one, step one, is outlook. And there's a great quote by somebody called Germany Kent. Can we have it on the screen? Here it is. The outcome is not up to you. The outlook is. 
We can't change what's going to happen necessarily. Sometimes there are things that we can do that change what the outcome is. We can say sorry. We can say I love you. We can try again. We can move away from people that aren't healthy for us. But generally, we can't always change what the outcome is going to be. But the outlook is entirely up to you and me. The outlook depends on how we see things, how we perceive things, how we look at other people, what we think of them in our spare time when they're not there. It's all up to us. So be positive because if you're positive, it changes how you see someone, therefore changing how you behave towards them, therefore changing how you speak to them and will ultimately change how they behave as well because of your outlook towards them. Be thankful. Thank God for those relationships, even the sticky ones and the difficult ones. Thank God for them. God, I really thank you for that person. Thank you for putting them in my life. Thank you that they're building some character in me. And you know, it's those thank yous we say sometimes through gritted teeth and that are hard work. And it's not through sarcasm, but just because of God, I know I should be thankful for these people. You've created them. You love them, God. Help me to be thankful, and it will slowly change how you see them. Maybe you'll begin to see some positive things in them that you've never seen before. Another thing that we can do for our outlook is be grateful. If we're grateful for the people that we have and the things that we've got, it will change those relationships. They will blossom and grow. But if we're a bit like, oh, I've had this friend or this husband or this the mother and father all my life, and they do me head in. Well, actually, if we're grateful for them, if we're grateful for when they do things for us, if we're grateful for the kind things that they do or say, then actually it will cause that relationship to blossom instead of die and wither because we're grateful for the things that are good in there. And there may not be things in there that aren't, there may be things in there that aren't good or aren't helpful, but if we're grateful for the good things, it again will change our outlook, hopefully change them, but change us too. And the other one I want to say to you about outlook is believe, believe, believe in people, believe for the best, believe for that relationship that you're desperate for, believe for your family, believe for it, believe because if you believe, instead of thinking, oh, I'm just really miserable, I'd really like this or I'd really like that. If you like that, it's really unattractive. But if you believe and if you're positive and if you're happy about where you find yourself, then it's attractive in itself and people will be like, wow, I want to spend time with you. And you'll find yourself being that person that does the little peck and someone will come in full on because they're just like, whoa, because you've changed your outlook. And changing your outlook, surprisingly, changes you and more importantly changes other people which then transforms relationships which I think is amazing and you know sometimes we can have an outlook that suggests that we you know we're not good enough or we're not entitled to relationships we're not good enough for it we, we, we're not a very nice person and I want to tell you a little story about my grandpa I thought it was quite fitting my grandpa died last year in his 90s but up until then he would go to the cenotaph every Remembrance Sunday with his medals worn with pride. And I think we've got an image. Those are my grandpa's medals that he, he um, received during World War I. He fought in 
Austria, Egypt, Africa, Greece, Italy. And then before he was demobbed, he went to a Scottish prisoner of war camp where he was like a warden there. So he did an awful lot. And you'd think, wow, he got them medals. He didn't get those medals until 1996. Let's show the picture of him getting his medals, Jess. Is it there? Oh, this is my grandpa when he was in the war. He's a handsome chap, isn't he? Go on then, let's look at that. This is my grandpa years later. He's still very handsome in a wrinkled sort of way. But this was 1996. He was demobbed in 1945. I don't know how many years that is. Somebody who can count, add it up. But it's a long time that it took from 1945 until 1996, until he received his medals. And he received his medals because as a family, we sent off for them for him. Because he didn't think he was entitled to any. He didn't think he was allowed any. He didn't think he'd done anything particularly special. And you know, sometimes we can be like that. We can think, well, I'm not a very special person. I haven't done anything super wonderful. We look at other people and compare ourselves to them. We perhaps think we're not very kind. We perhaps think we lose a temper sometimes. Or we think not very nice things about people. And we think, well, I'm not entitled to relationships anyway. I'm not surprised my relationships go wrong because I'm not special enough to have them. But you know, there is something there that says that you are entitled. You are special enough because God says that he sent his one and only son to die for you. So if God thinks you're special enough to send his one and only son, it wasn't his spare son that he had in the cupboard, it was his one and only son that he sent for you. It wasn't like when you think, oh, I've missed someone's birthday, I've got that secret stash of presents in the cupboard that I didn't really want someone else brought me, and I'm going to send them, oh dear, that's just me who does that. It was his one and only son. And his one and only son was sent to die for you and for me. Because God says you are special. God says you are lovable. God says I see the potential in you. God says you are entitled to all of it because of Jesus Christ. And because of that, if God says, then surely... You're special enough to have relationships that will encourage and inspire and help you. So change your outlook. Sometimes, like my grandpa, we need other people to come along and help us to change our outlook. Listen to people when they come and encourage you and say, come on, you can do this. Listen to those words of encouragement because you are special and you are entitled to relationships. So change your outlook this morning. The second step, I believe, that will lead to good, healthy, and strong relationships is this. Foundations. If you get your foundations right in your life, I believe it will help you to be a strong and healthy person. And therefore, other people want to spend time with you. They'll want to be your friend. And you've got people around you, I'm sure, who want to encourage you to get those strong foundations in. Because in getting them in then you're a happier person too. People who are your friends and family will perhaps encourage you, come on, let's work on this. Come on, let me help you with this. Let me encourage you to do this because they want to see you strong. They want to see you healthy because then you're happier 
But in being happier, it helps with relationships. It means you're a more stable person, not only for yourself, but then to be a blessing for other people as well. Ephesians 4, 2 to 3 says this. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There are many things that the Bible tells us, that being one of them, that we can put in our life as foundations. Being humble, not thinking with all that. Being patient and being gentle. All of these things are great foundational things that can help. And the Bible, if you go through it, is full of things to help you with your relationships. I've picked four different things that I think can help if you put them in as a foundation in your life with your relationships. The first one is this, balance. You know, if ground is solid, if we build our life on solid ground, then we're able to balance upon it. No matter what goes on, no matter what we need to do or shape we need to create with our lives, if the ground we build our lives on is solid, then we can balance in whatever way we need to, to reach and achieve what God is calling us to do. And if the ground's not solid underneath us, then there's always a bit of a fear to hold a pose or a balance. When we used to do PE with the children when I worked in school, and you'd do gymnastics, and you'd get them to do a balance. And they were fine if it was on the floor, like this. I'm not going to do any more because I've got high heels on. But the floor was solid, they'd do a balance. Then you move them on to other things like the bench. School benches are a dangerous business, let me tell you. But fear began to grow because they knew the ground wasn't completely solid anymore. Is this the bench that we can trust? Because there is one dodgy one amongst them all. And... If the ground isn't completely solid, if our lives aren't completely solid, then fear creeps in with our relationships, within ourselves, because we're not convinced that even, I don't even know if I'm solid ground for what's going on. I don't even know if I can hold myself in the position that I need to for this area and aspect of my life. The ground needs to be solid so we can balance in many ways to be all that God has called us to be. Sai Baba says this, a house must be built on solid foundations if it is to last. The same principle applies to a man. If you've got a solid foundation in, then you can balance however you need to be, to be as creative as you are called to be and make many wonderful things with your life. But if the ground isn't solid, then it will not last. And you know, Sometimes, if we're not solid, we can be like a jelly wobbling everywhere. And nothing can be held by that. Other people can't stand on it and be kept within it. And it will affect all of our relationships if we're not balanced. If we wobble everywhere, then other people won't want us to carry them and help them and support them. Because they think, well, if you're wobbling, you're going to drop me whilst you're doing your wobbling. Let's build a firm foundation in so however we need to balance then we can the second one is this for foundations and I believe it's key it's forgiveness if we say sorry 
If we let go, if we don't keep a record of wrongs, then forgiveness is a great foundation that we can put in our lives to help us build on our relationships. Because ultimately, at some point, with every relationship we have, there'll come a time when something goes on and we need to say, I'm, I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry I did that. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't do that. I'm sorry I didn't say that. I'm sorry about what's going on. It changes the whole atmosphere. And you know, it's very easy to say we're sorry and to say, okay, I forgive you, but then to still hold on to, on, on to it. And I'm, I'm notorious for this at home, Paul will tell you. I'm like, I've like got this sniper thing going on and he'll say sorry and I'll say, that's fine, no problem. And I will wait. And then just when his guard's down, boom, I'll get him with it. Which is really not very nice. <laughs> but I'm aware that I do it. Because we hold on to those things. Some people aren't like that. They're like a food blender without the lid on. And it's just like, it's just going to go everywhere. And everyone's going to hear about it. It's going all over Facebook, all over social media. Everyone in the street knows. That person I sat next to on the bus knows. Although I don't know them and I've never met them before. Some of us are like that. We keep those record of wrongs. And we just let them go everywhere. Because we can't let go. We want to forgive, we know it's right to forgive, but we struggle to let go because we just want people to know that we've been wronged. We want people to know that we were right, actually, and everyone else was wrong, and we want them to know that we've been hurt. But actually, the Bible tells us, don't keep a record of wrongs. When people ask for forgiveness, let's learn to forgive them and not hold on to it. Let's learn to let go of all of those things that would hinder us building those relationships again. And if you need to, pick up your phone this afternoon and text someone and tell them I forgive you. And it could be from years ago, but sometimes we've just got to work that through in our relationships because until we do, there will always be an element waiting, waiting waiting to get her own back, waiting for the truth to come out, waiting for everyone to know. And until we work that through, and it's not easy, it's very difficult, it can be very hurtful at times, but the only way to be free from it is to let go and to forgive. The third one that I've got within foundations for you is boundaries. And I think a good foundation for us to put in is that we have healthy boundaries. Sometimes we can put boundaries in and they can be unhealthy. They can be there just because no one is coming near me again. I am set up. I've got my walls up. No one is getting in. I'm not getting hurt again. But there are healthy boundaries that can go up that say, okay, well, I can choose yes and no. I can choose whether this is a good relationship to have. But healthy boundaries have doors that open both ways. Otherwise, they're just what you choose and what you want. Healthy boundaries open both ways so people can come in and so you can come out. But so you've also got things in your life that will help and protect you as you work through your relationships. So we've got balance, forgiveness, boundaries. And the fourth one is this, laugh. 
I think this is a great foundation to have in your life when it comes to relationships. Because if you can't laugh together about the silly things, about the sad things sometimes, then other things will build up and creep in. Wayne Dyer says this. It is important for you to, it is impossible for you to be angry and laugh at the same time. Anger and laughter are mutually exclusive and you have the power to choose either. If you can laugh with somebody about something, if you can bring laughter into a situation, then it moves all anger out. Seriously, try it. You cannot stay angry and laugh at the same time. My husband knows this, which is a bad thing because I would really like to be really angry sometimes about some things that are absolutely terrible, like not putting the bin out. But he knows if he can make me laugh, then I will no longer be angry because you cannot do both at the same time. And it is so key to have laughter in your relationships because if it's there, it moves out all bitterness, all frustration, all anger, and it allows something else to come in. It allows a joy and a freshness to come in that will change things. It says in the Bible that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if laughter and joy can come in, it will change the dynamics of what is going on over a difficult situation. It will bring strength in to actually move forward instead of being stuck in an angry state and help bring change to whatever's going on. And laughter's contagious, isn't it? My daughter, Grace, has got a really big laugh. And she laughs and... You just go along and laugh with her. It's contagious. It does you good. So can I encourage you today? Make sure you laugh with those who you're relating to. It will help breathe something new and something fresh into them. So those are the four foundations that I think are really helpful to put in your life. That's solid ground, but balance within it. Forgiveness, boundaries, and laughter. So my two steps so far have been outlook and foundations. My next step is, I'll just put practically. So practically, how do we outwork these relationships? Practically, how do we help? How do we make them work? How do we make them stronger? How do we relate to people? And I sat for a long time thinking about this. What are some good practical things that I can give to you this morning that, that can help you with relationships you've got, with relationships that you're looking for? And the conclusion that I came to in the end was the core values that we have as a church here at Breathe. And our core values are passion, freedom, and kindness. And I believe they are there as we first relate to God. That God has got a passion for us and he's calling us to be passionate about him. That there's freedom with him and he's calling us to be free. But that he's kind to us in that he sent his son, in that he loves us. And if we can grab a hold of them and they be our core values in our relationships, then I believe that practically, there are many other things that you will need, but practically, these things can help take you through and develop healthier and stronger relationships. Because if we're passionate, we're willing to put time into those relationships and energy into those relationships, effort into those relationships because the passion sees us through when, when we're tired. The passion sees us through when things are difficult because we're passionate about that other person. 
And it causes us to commit as well. When things are difficult, when things are hard, passion causes us to commit and keep going through it and believe for the best. So I don't believe there's many more things than passion that you can put into your relationships that will help you and keep you going in it. The next core value that we have is freedom. And I believe that in relationships, if we have the freedom to really and truly be ourselves and be accepted as ourselves, then we can do nothing but grow. And that we need to encourage freedom. We need to encourage the people that we're relating to to be free, to be themselves, to be all that they're called to be and encourage that freedom within them. And you know, real freedom isn't a non-committal thing. Oh, I'm free, I can do whatever I want. Real freedom is being committed and being in a place where you're free within that commitment, where you don't feel like you're held down and you're chained down and you've got to stay. But there is a freedom that comes with commitment that allows you to feel secure, to feel happy. My relationship with my husband, Paul, is the first time that I've felt a freedom that actually I don't need to worry that he's looking elsewhere or I don't need to worry about what he's doing because I know that he loves me. So I feel free to be myself because I can trust him. And that's what freedom should be like in relationships because there should be no fear. There should be no concern or worry about what the other person's doing. Oh, who are they talking to now? Oh, are they going to be best friends with that person now? Oh, they love my brother or my sister more than me. But actually, there's real freedom within there because you know that there is love. Let's strive to create that in our relationships, that the people that we relate to are able to be free because they know that we are with them and that we are for them. And the third one of the core values is kindness. Kindness is a powerful, powerful thing. A text, a phone call, a small gift, a hug, a word, and it just changes everything. My mum's been quite poorly lately. And someone last Sunday came and gave me the biggest hug. And it was so kind that they did it. You don't all need to hug me after. That's fine. But it was so kind that they did it. And I really felt it. And that act of kindness I've carried with me for the whole week. And it has kept me going. You can give to people who you relate to gifts that can keep them going all through the week. And I don't mean physical things necessarily, but there are things that you can do that can help them, that can encourage them, that, the, that they can take with them no matter where they go because of that moment where they were kind to you, because of that moment where they thought about you above themselves. Kindness is transformational, I believe, in relationships. And sometimes can be very hard when we find people difficult to relate to. It's hard to be kind to people if we don't really like them or we're not keen on them. But actually, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So while people still annoy you, while people still frustrate you, while people are still in a place where it's difficult in that relationship and there's friction, while that still goes on, show that love. Show that act of kindness, because it's in that act of kindness that I stand here today redeemed and transformed, and so do many of you. So through our acts of kindness, people's lives, our relationships with them can be transformed and changed. And we reap what we sow. 
we reap what we sow. If we're passionate, if we have freedom, if we have kindness, we will reap what we sow within to people. So be encouraged, be life as you relate to those around you. And the last step that I've got for you this morning is step four is longevity. Nikki Gumbel says this, a great relationship doesn't happen because of the love you had in the beginning, but how well you continue to build love until the end. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes we begin on a journey with somebody and we think, it's getting harder. I remember when Paul and I got married, a wonderful lady, Rosa, prayed for us at our wedding day. And one thing that she said to us always sticks with me. And she said, it's a choice. It's not a feeling, your love. And there have been times when the feeling's just not there. The feeling to do something with a frying pan is there, but there is not a feeling there of love. Sorry, darling. Give you trouble when I go home. I know, we, have, we got rid of the fried pan, it went to the bed, didn't it? The handle broke off it. <laughs> but the feeling isn't always there. The feeling for your friends isn't always there. You know, they come and they, well, you dressed us today. Or they come and you're just like, oh, you're doing me head in. Your parents, oh, it's so embarrassing. Oh my goodness, why did you just say that? All these many things as we relate to people and we just, we struggle. And yet if we choose to keep building on that love, to keep saying, okay, I don't really feel like it now, but I've made this decision, I'm gonna stick at this relationship and we keep building and we keep sowing good and we, keep, we change our outlook because that will help how we feel. We change the foundations that we've got in because maybe some of them are a bit ski-whiff and aren't helpful for it. We change what's gone on in our past and let go of it and we forgive because when we carry those things into our new relationships, they can cause damage. If we work through all of those things, then actually we will continue to build that love instead of letting it all fall apart. And you know, for longevity in relationships, you've got to work hard. You've got to keep going. You've got to look at the bigger picture and think, okay, well, right now this is what it looks like. But actually, I'm going to look bigger than that. I'm going to look wider than that. I'm going to look what God says. And God says that he's love. And God says that he was with me and that he will help me. And God says that I can forgive. And God says all these things. So the bigger picture isn't what's going on right now and how I'm feeling. But the bigger picture is something different. So actually, I can look further afield and have a hope and see a future that this isn't going to be like this forever. Jeremiah... Jeremiah says, for I know the plans I have for you, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So when the things that are going on around you are not hopeful and seem to have no future, then don't lose hope because God says in his word that actually he knows what is to come. He knows what he's got for you. So if he knows, put your trust in him. As you trust in him and have faith, your hope will grow and you'll believe again and see something different coming through. Stick at it. Stick with people. Keep going. 
And please don't get me wrong, sometimes relationships aren't helpful and aren't healthy for us. And they do need to have closure to them. But for those ones that it's just difficult and you've just got to work through it, keep working, keep going. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says this. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now that's talking about the last day when Christ returns. But even so, what it says before, that we consider how we spur one another on, how we help one another, how we encourage one another to love and good deeds. And I love the next bit where it says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, I know he's talking about church and meeting together with church, but surely... Church is about relationships. So this can apply to any relationship, therefore. So let's not give up meeting together and encouraging one another and spurring one another on. Because if we do, then we let go of everything God's calling us to be. So encourage those that you're in relationship with. Inspire them. Champion them. Speak the best of them. Because I believe if we do, then we'll have longevity in our relationships with one another. And when we have relationships that have gone on for a long time, then we've got people in our lives who understand us when we have difficult times, who are there for us, but also who will support us and champion us when there are things that we're believing for too. And it's only longevity that can do that. It's only the the length of the relationship that enables people to stand with you and keep going with you and being there for you because they know who you are and you know who other people are. So you know when they're having a bad day and you can encourage them. So the longer the relationship grows, the more helpful we are to one another in times of need, in times of excitement when we've got new things to do because we understand And we know one another well. So let me encourage you. Work on longevity in your relationships. And so to conclude, decide what your outlook's going to be this morning. Lay your foundations and lay them well. Lay them strong. Because then you can grow into all shapes and sizes upon those foundations. Without fear of falling over. Add those practical things in that are helpful for you. And have stickability with your relationships. Can I pray for you this morning? Father God, I thank you that you you want to relate to us. God, and I pray that if there are people here this morning who don't know you, Lord, that they would consider beginning that journey with you by beginning that first relationship with you that you, Jesus, may help them with all their other relationships. Lord, and I pray for each and every one of us that as we continue to relate, as we build new relationships, that through the things we've talked about this morning, that they would be strong and healthy relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. And you know this morning, if, you, if that's you and if you're thinking, I want to have that relationship with Jesus, come and speak to one of us at the end. We would love to talk to you. Come and speak to someone in the welcome team. Speak to somebody who you've come with. 
we would love to talk to you and help introduce you for the first time with that relationship with Jesus who can help you with everything and every other relationship, whether good or bad. But he will be there for you, that friend who sticks closer.